All right, hey guys, what's up today? I'm really excited for this Sunday coffee chat. This one that's uh, gonna be really special for me, and you know, I'd like to take just a few more minutes here to prep this one. Uh, this weekend, upcoming on Friday, is going to be what we call at Friendship the Battle of the Sandsburys, and really what this has become is just sort of a way for us to kind of celebrate the hard work of two people that are very important to a lot of people's lives inside of Friendship. What you guys will hear if you listen all the way through is how positively these two impacted our culture, how they impacted my life, which in turn has caused the gym to be significantly better, significantly more personal development oriented, and really they're a driving force behind why this podcast actually exists. So the Battle of the Sandsberries is a football game. Olentangy Orange plays Olentangy Liberty High School once a year, sometimes twice a year if they play in the playoffs, but once a year. And we kind of go and we just support the two brothers. Chris coaches for Orange, John coaches for Liberty. And so they get to kind of coach and play against each other once a year. So it's a fun, it's a it's just old school Ohio Friday night lights, uh, just a lot of a lot of fun. And if you guys you know don't like football and you're not super interested in the actual uh, battle itself, you guys will probably want to skip to around 20 to 25 minutes in, and that's when we kind of start going away from the football and we talk in a little bit more about life and where these guys are at and where their development is going for them personally. But really what I think is so interesting about these two is their passion for teaching and leadership and how they take that to the young men and women that they are influencing, both on the football field but also in the classroom, and how motivated they are to do that. It's really, really cool. But for those who don't know, in 2015 and 2016, uh, we had six people that were really committed to trying to make the CrossFit Games as a team for the affiliate. And we trained extremely, extremely hard. We had really six, maybe seven people that were just bought in from around the winter of 2015 all the way through the summer of 2016. And we spent a pretty ridiculous amount of time together, training together, communicating, spending time on weekends and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, these guys are the people who got me back into reading, who started to get me into podcasts and who started to get me to look with a little bit more value into the leader I was and the person I was. And we had some great discussions. And these guys really catapulted into being some top five guys in my life and a driving force for my own development. And so I've always felt like just a huge sense of gratitude towards all of that happening. And at the time, it was really difficult because, you know, we fell one spot, I think like 21 points short of making the games and accomplishing our goal that year. And that was kind of hard to take because of the, you know, amount of hours that we were dedicating to to the practice of getting better. But, you know, in hindsight now, looking back, I think it was just one of the best things because we all were able to move on and move back into what I would consider to be sort of our regular lives, but do so as better people, as stronger, more formidable mental people. And I think that that's been something that uh, I've been super, super thankful for. And these guys are really a driving force behind that. For those of you CrossFitters, we'll talk real quick a little bit about uh, their statistics. Uh, Chris and John are hands down the most mentally tough, most grit, 
tenacious, uh, you know, they, they, there's just not enough adjectives to describe them inside of the training gym and the atmosphere that they bring to training. And it's something that really elevated our own culture and held, started to hold people a little bit more accountable. And it was cool to see that impact from, you know, just clients coming into class. So Chris is uh, probably the best CrossFitter that, you know, I've ever spent time around. Uh, He holds the gym record for snatch at 290 pounds and clean and jerk at about 370 pounds. Uh, He also is, I mean, has, has done some things in competitions, the team series specifically, where he has in straight up battles beat Rich Froning, Ben Smith, Matt Frazier, and, uh, you know, done some things specifically with barbell and barbell cycling, uh, but also some of those more tough type kind of workouts uh, that you just don't see every day. I've been in competitions with him where he's done 175 wall balls unbroken, and then less than 10 minutes later, snatched 265 pounds. And so just some really pretty uh, incredible feats. Um, Macho Man is the one that really sticks out for for me watching him. Uh, It's uh, 205 pounds. There's a great video of Matt Frazier doing it. And Matt Frazier's wearing a belt. And uh, all of his round times, all of Matt Frazier's round times were slower than Chris's doing that workout. Um, So that uh, that was one that will always stand out for me. John uh, was a little bit more of a grinder, and he was somebody, him and Maria had the fastest time of anybody at any regional in the burpee deadlift workout, which was just a brutal, hellacious, just ass-kicking grinder of a workout at regionals that year, and um, it was pretty incredible watching them. I mean, we, we went into that, and we were maybe about middle of the pack, and they put us right to the front of the pack after they had uh, completed that task, so that was pretty cool. He also did a one grace that year, which is uh, the fastest time that I've ever seen. I know that some people like go sub one, um, but uh, you know, in terms of, you know, real standards, good clean and jerks and stuff, uh, that's one of the fastest that I've ever seen. He's also one of the only people that I've ever met that has truly hacked CrossFit, right? So I get a lot of people over the years who have come to me and said, you know, I want to make the CrossFit games. I want to go to regionals. I want to do this and this and this. And, you know, it's, it's, simple, but it's not easy to follow through on that statement. A lot of people just talk the talk and very, very few actually walk the walk. John had said that that year. And at the time he was maybe the fifth or the sixth best guy in the gym in terms of the competitive aspect of things. And he just put his head to the grindstone. He worked harder than anybody. There's absolutely nobody in the gym or on the competition team who would even come close to refuting that. He was spending probably on average, you know, 30 hours a week training, and it was uh, it was very impressive to watch. And at first, you didn't know if it was necessarily going to pay off. And then by the time regionals came around, uh, he was an extremely formidable competitor and one of the top guys on the floor. And to see that transformation in just one year of dedicated hard work, it really flipped some of my beliefs on on their head in terms of being able to make that big of strides in one year. But I also think that, you know, he would probably tell you now that that level, that degree of dedication is something that you probably cannot keep up unless that's maybe your full-time job. And so it's been uh, something for him that it was a a pretty hardcore imbalance. And uh, that's something that we dive into a little bit in here. So 
the first half of the, or the, so maybe the first 20, 30 minutes of this podcast, guys, is going to be something that uh, is kind of football specific, talking a little bit about their teams currently and kind of setting the tone for Friday, if you guys are going to go. And if you guys are not interested in that stuff, I'd fast forward to maybe 20 to 30 minutes in where we really start diving into personal development, leadership, and uh, some of our favorite books, some of our favorite podcasts. Uh, our daily routines, how we think about, you know, getting better at asking questions, getting better at listening, and all those sorts of amazing things. I think you guys will really enjoy listening to them. And I hope you guys like this one. Thanks. Guys, we are here with Brothers Sandsbury. The Battle of the Sandsbury is coming up this Friday night. Uh, one of the uh, annual things that we've now made a part of the friendship calendar, event calendar, and places to be. So, uh, where are we going to be Friday night? It's at Old Tangy Liberty High School. Old Tangy Liberty High School, starting at 7 p.m. 7 p.m. All right, show up early, wear your colors. Both of them are wearing their colors right now. And so you have to define, are you going to wear orange? What are you guys, are you guys going to be white or are you guys going to be orange? Uh, well, we're either going to probably be white on white okay. or we got some new orange pants this okay. year. So we would maybe even be white tops, orange bottoms. All right. So orange is going to be in white. So you can wear white or orange to support them. And Liberty, that means you guys are going to be in blue. Blue tops. Okay. You guys doing anything student section? Not known for your student section at Liberty Football. Um... They have a theme every week. I don't know what it is. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> this past week was breast cancer awareness. So okay. all, I feel like both student sections at our game were wearing, were wearing pink and our okay. players were wearing pink tape. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's a big weekend for friendship because we got you game on Friday. We got barbells for boobs on Saturday. And then Sunday, we got uh, we got Big Doc Ohm coming in, doing a coaches-only seminar. Man. So coming in, educating. That's a big weekend. Yeah. Big so, weekend. Yeah. So I'm indulging on my Saturday here with you boys. Uh, so we're going to start with John. We decided that John's got the strength of schedule right now. Uh, both teams are 5-3. and three. John is going to lay out what the season has been like thus far and then what they need to do to make it into the Ohio football state playoffs in a good position. We are, like you said, five and three. We have so we have two games left to the playoffs. We is Olin Tangy Liberty. We is an old Tangy Liberty. Sorry, we is an old Tangy Liberty. Um, I don't I don't really spend my time looking at all those Playoff prediction things. I just listen to what the coaches say. And kind of a Bill Belichick kind of Some of them. Capacity. Well, yeah, we'll figure out week 10 whether we're in or not. But but some coaches have said that we are already in. Okay. No matter what happens, I don't – that would make us 5-5. Five and five, So I don't, I'm not going to believe that. I mean, I think, I think we're in if we win one more game. We play Westwood North week 10, who I think is maybe 1-7 or okay. something like that That's right now. Great. So we feel pretty good about that one. Okay. Um, so either way, we're in. Our region is not known as being the strongest region of the four regions of Division One. Yeah. So, but um, obviously we want to win the next two to have a better seed and have a home home field advantage game. And um, 
but yeah, so it was a tough start. We were uh, 0-2 to start. I don't think I've, since I've been coaching, I don't think we've ever been 0-2. Our quarterback got hurt in the, f- the first series of the first game against Pick North, so we lost to them, and he didn't play the next week. We lost to Glenville, and then he kind of came, came back, and um, we lost a tough one to Hilliard Davidson, who's having a good year on a last-second drive, so we were actually 1-3 to start, and we've kind of got it back together. So that's pretty much been our season. It's uh, They're all different. It's always a... Coming in with a little momentum. Yeah. And you guys have been, you were in the state semifinal last year, state championship last year. Semifinals, state the last semi. two years. Final four, the last two years, and we've lost. We lost a mentor, um, had a chance at the end, and the year before we lost to Ignatius on a, on a tough game. Too. And last year was kind of surprising, right? Like, you guys weren't necessarily, you didn't feel, I don't think, as, as much of a powerhouse going into the season, but then you guys got pretty hot going into the playoffs, and... Yeah, I mean, well, two years ago we went undefeated. Yeah. So, I mean, 10-0, everybody, you know, wants you to do that again, and um, that didn't happen. But, yeah, we weren't really sure. You're never really sure, you know, who's going to who's gonna end up being really, really good for you. And But it's kind of fun, too, to see what kids do that. And, you know, we just were the same kind of normal, plain, boring Liberty Patriots, just kind of <laughs> kind of do the same thing over and over. And uh, it's been working the last few years, so. Yeah, and so you guys are, so you're a Liberty grad, Chris also, Liberty grad. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Now you famously played offensive line next to the coach, Andrew the Era. coach, Andy Era, fastest guard ever, <laughs> ever. And, uh, and I think if you two were standing next to each other right now, most people would not peg you two as offensive lineman type. Well, especially as chiseled as Andy Era has become, the dietitian, nutritionist, whatever he is, um, Specimen, we'll just call him that. Specimen, but, specimen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did a power snatch complex uh, the other day, two two and a quarter, pretty easy. That's yeah, pr- pretty good. He, he definitely doesn't box squat as much as he used to. Uh, we used to be box <laughs> squatting, VFS, box yeah. squatting buddies, BFS. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's yeah. So, uh, kind of tell me a little bit about uh, about you know kind of how you got into coaching at Liberty. Was that your first coaching stint? So I got so this is my tenth year coaching at Liberty High School. I got hired. That was my first teaching job. Uh, got hired at Old Angel Liberty where I graduated in two thousand five, but got hired in two thousand nine, and uh, was coaching freshman football at first for four years and freshman basketball and JV baseball, and then my fifth year teaching got asked to coach varsity football, and so I've been doing that ever since, and eventually dropped dropped baseball. And then drop basketball now. Now all I do is football. So and it's and plenty. Defensive line and special teams, right? Now I'm defensive line and special teams. I've coached our safeties as well, outside linebacker safety position. So and uh, what's your uh, what's your favorite? My favorite of all those positions, coach. Uh, I like the defensive line. Those are my those are my kind of guys. MKGs, um, nothing fancy in there, and we get some you get some we. We have some pretty interesting characters of the defensive line for sure. Yeah. So, which matches with their coach. So. Yeah. 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 So that's good. Yeah. I like that. Uh, all right, Chris, uh, lay it down for Olin Tangy Orange. Uh, so, kind of similar to how John started, um, we ended up going one and two out of our first three games. Um, our our best player, uh, who's kind of a game changer for us, Zach Harrison, was not 
playing in the first three games, and I think that showed a little bit. Um, we played Worthington Kilbourne, and we were able to win in overtime against them. Then we played Watterson, and that was kind of a tough loss for us. Um, I think that we were probably favorited, and our and our players uh, thought that as well. And then week three, we played Pickerington North, who's always a very, very tough team to play, um, given their size and speed. Um, and then after that, we, we kind of started to get on a roll a little bit. And, uh, you know, having number 13 come back, I think, breathed some life into our, our team. Um, and, you know, we this past Friday, we had a, a great team win against Westerville Central. Um, and then the previous week, we played Tangy and we ended up losing in overtime against them. And that was, that was tough for us, uh, but I loved how our kids responded. And, um, you know, we're sitting five and three right now. And starting last week, the big theme is, you know, put your signature on it, you know. And, and that was just our theme for all of practice building up into this week and the next week because we're under the, the mindset that um, every game is, is a must win if we want to play football in November. Yeah. And that's the ultimate goal. And obviously, you know, win the conference, beat your rivals. And uh, the kids really responded this past week to it, so we're super excited about that. But I don't, I don't believe we get into the playoffs if we if we do not come out victorious against Liberty. Um, and we know that's a tough challenge. And we know that they're going to be very, very well coached, super disciplined, um, and they're going to make you earn it um, yeah. every single play. And I think the past feels like the past three games, which has been the last two years, yeah. have been very, very tough, very close. Yep. And that's kind of how it seems like any rivalry or inter-district games mostly go. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, have you guys did, you guys took all three, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you guys took all three, and I mean, it's probably a grand total of maybe five points. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's almost overtime. Well, one game was overtime. Yeah. All right, yeah. and then... Um, Last year was like one point. Two years ago in the playoffs, played in the playoffs too. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's been tight. Um, so we're gonna get into both teams' mental strategy because I love. You know, I've spent probably more time this year around Orange, uh, but John and I we've talked a lot about kind of what you guys do uh, from just a, a growth, a development standpoint. I think both you guys are more leaders off the football field and I think both you guys would pride yourselves more on what you guys do for the kids off the football field than you do on the football field for sure uh, but Chris you know you, you'd kind of said took a tough loss early to Watterson do you feel like sometimes you look at that stuff as a coach and you know it helps you with some of the complacency it helps you get them to focus a little bit more on like attention to detail those kinds of things yeah and you know the film the film shows that and it all starts in your preparation yeah. Um, because there are times where in specific drills or whatnot, you know, we can target, we've got to be better in this part of our practice or in this period of our practice. And that just comes back to being a deliberate practicer. Yeah. You know, the film will tell you everything that you need, whether it's preparation or feedback from the previous week. And just really making that a priority and fitting those type of skill building drills uh in your practice plan is huge, but absolutely, you know, when you, you come off a tough loss, it's hard because you, everyone kind of internalizes it and yeah. they got to process it and you got to move forward immediately Yeah. because, you know, Saturday you have your JV game and then it's full fledged. You're looking forward to the following Friday. Yeah. I learned what you can to move on. Yeah. 
So. And so you also coach defensive line. Do mm-hmm. you coach any, any other areas? Um, I help out with the special teams. Kickoff is is my primary unit that okay. I that I coach up during um, Friday nights. But it's funny the <clears throat> the Orange staff, the head coach coached me in high school football, and he was at Liberty and coached John in football and baseball. And then the guy I also who also coaches defensive line with me was our head varsity baseball coach, and he uh, coached me in freshman Matt, football. Matt Laddick, Matt Laddick yeah. he's a legend. Yeah. Um, and our special teams coach, after John graduated from high school, my junior and senior year, he was my offensive position coach. And so I, I just I feel super super lucky working with guys that you know I don't, not only looked up to but kind of want to be like, yeah. you know, 5, 10, 15 years from now. Yeah, it's a good mentorship program that they're kind of putting together. There. That's mm-hmm. really cool. Mm-hmm. So um, kind of as you start thinking about, you know, some of those things, if you guys think about kind of your your future as coaches, kind of where you guys are are now and what you guys get kind of really excited about moving forward, um, you know, I know you get a lot of ribbing from from people for head coaching positions from from all circles and stuff. But um, you know, but it sounds like both you guys really enjoy the atmospheres that you guys are put in currently. Do you feel like that's something where um, you know just continue trying to maximize what you're capable of in your current situation? Yeah, man, it's all you. That's really all you can do as yeah. far as that goes. I mean, I, I love coaching at Liberty. I coach for the coach I played for, um, Steve Hales, his name and. I you know, at senior graduation you get to pick one person to shake your hand, like a teacher or a coach, and I chose him uh, to shake my hand. So you know, he had a big, big impact on me as a you know eighteen year old, and now I'm coaching for him, and and you know he's been coaching for I don't know thirty years or whatever, so he knows a ton. Um, and I've had a lot of there's a lot of good coaches at Liberty, and so you just soak up everything you can, learn. I mean. Um, I'm not sure what I don't know what's going to happen, but as far as the future goes, I think at some point I'd like to be a head coach, but that's not something I'm set on changing my entire life to make happen. Like yeah. it's not the number one thing in my life. Like teaching is number one for me, and I'm at an awesome school, Liberty High School. I've got an awesome setup. Um, I love the classes I teach. I love the people I teach around. Um, the kids are great, and I'm not sure. Like I'm not gonna go move two hours away at some to some small school district just to be a head coach to kind of like work my way up. And yeah. if I'm an assistant for the next forty years, I'll be happy with that. Um, I think it'd be awesome to be a head coach and kind of see what kind of impact you can have because that's all it is is your impact just increases, yeah. right? I mean, I have my group of guys the defensive line and, and special teams and the classes I teach, but then when you become a head football coach, now you're in charge of 150, depending on where you're at, um, kids and players, plus the middle school kids, plus the coaches that coach under you, and then that has a huge impact, I believe, on, on the school and the school culture and uh, atmosphere for that. I think football, you know, obviously I'm biased, but is the most impactful sport uh, on the school, yeah, I mean, the Friday the night, kids, yeah, sure. kids are, that's where all the kids, you know, yep. kids are going, the community, adults, all that, and so, um, hey, you just learn, obviously, every game you learn, that's what's awesome about football, is it's, it is, uh, in, feedback friendly, for sure, I mean, yep. the film, we, we tell our kids, the film doesn't lie, yep. and if, if my guys suck, it's because I suck as a coach, and, yep. you know, if I want to move up and become a D coordinator, defense coordinator, and then eventually head coach, well, I better have the best defensive line around um, 
because I mean, Coach Shiano said something that when I was listening to him at a clinic, he said something real, that really that just stuck with me. He said, if if you start thinking about your future job, you're going to lose this job, the one you have now. If you do this job really well, your next job will find you. Mm-hmm. So and that that makes sense to me. Yeah, I mean, I think the only <clears throat> the only thing I would say maybe an argument to that, or maybe not even an argument, but just uh, would be, do you ever feel like you find yourself watching film on, on, and you're watching other positions, you're paying attention to what DBs are doing, you're paying attention to what linebackers are doing to make sure that you are ready to step into that role, you know, yeah. should you be called for it. Yeah, it's a, that's a, it's a tough balance because, again, I, I gotta, there's so much I got to fix with my guys yeah. that if I'm looking at other people's spots, I'm neglecting them. But I end up trying to find, you know, I, I got, I'll talk to our D coordinators. We have a new defense coordinator this year, and so he's got kind of a different defense than the one I've been used to the last few years. And um, so we talk all the time. We'll watch film together. Yeah. He'll, he'll coach me up on all the positions and all. I ask a ton of questions. Um, because I want to know, because it, it all does kind of work together in that yeah. sense. But obviously, I'm look, looking at my guys way closer than than everyone else's, and I do our stats too. And usually, that's kind of a job for like the young coach of the staff. But it makes me kind of see everybody. And then it makes me watch. Oh, I didn't realize he made that tackle, or yeah. man, that was physical. Who's that kind of yeah. thing? And um, I make myself do that to kind of get yeah. that part too. Yeah. I, I I think one thing too, you know. Going from being my being a defensive line coach last year, and I'm trying to make it more and more of a priority during the off season. It's just kind of seeing the whole picture. Yeah. You know, my guys up front, you know, they have their assignment, but knowing how the five guys behind them fit, you know, that yeah. all those pieces to the puzzle fit is super super information. It's it's very very important with regards to telling my guys and explaining the why. Yeah. You know, because I think that were a lot a lot of kids and and specific, specifically kids that I have right now they're always asking questions like why yeah and if there's times that I can't give them that like I feel like I'm letting them down so that's where and it sounds like you've been doing it, communicating with the linebackers coach or communicating with our defensive coordinator yeah. just to make sure that you know with regards to the front meaning the defensive line and linebackers, just knowing that whole entire concept is, is important. Do you feel like you're humble enough with the kids to be able to tell them, like, I don't know, and I'm going to do my best to find out about it? Yeah, and if I if I can't answer the question right away, it's either go communicate with Coach Barrett, go communicate with Coach Malvick or Coach Roth, or I'll get back to you. Yeah. And But following through and making sure that I provide them that information or feedback is, is critical with – you know, building the trust and and because so, and, you want them to continuously come up to you, yeah, and have that dialogue. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, that's that's the worst thing you could do is like lie to yeah. I mean, lie to a kid or like act like you do know something and you don't. Yeah, because then they don't trust you. Yeah, exactly. And, and like you, I want to create an atmosphere where a kid can tell me, "Hey, I don't understand this." Yeah, I, I make sure I ask kids all the time, "Do you understand this?" Explain it to me again. Yeah. And a lot of kids say, "Yeah, I got it," and then they'll explain it to you. And it's nowhere close. Yeah. So you just tell me you don't know. I'm not gonna like. I'm. I'm not here to make you feel bad about yourself. I want to make sure you completely understand what you're supposed to do, so you can do it the best that you can. Same thing with teaching. Like kid, kids will ask you all kinds of history questions. Yeah. And I don't know anywhere close to everything. And I go, I don't know. Why don't you, why don't you look that up? Yeah. You know, and because if you lie or make it up, well, first off, you're you're telling them something wrong potentially <laughs> with history, right? <laughs> and they might, yeah. 
I mean, I'm, I'm, I, mean, I looked that up last yeah, night. Yeah, yeah, you can make that up. But I mean, <laughs> and a kid would probably believe me. Like, I could just make something up, and they're like, "Oh, he's a history teacher. He's been doing this for ten years, years right?" Beautiful. And they're like, "Well, he's a history teacher. He should know." And I just make it up, and they believe me. Or, but then they they catch me or something, and it just doesn't make any sense. Like, <laughs> it sounds like trivia Thursday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just make you get the history question. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Well, you had said you had said Coach Giano, so I think one of the cool things that you guys get. A pretty amazing opportunity to do is like you guys get to go to some of these like coaching camps and some of these different clinics and stuff and you really get to listen to some some incredible leaders I mean and a lot of our coaches but let's just say incredible leaders I mean I think a lot of these guys when when you hear the message they say when you read the books they write um, some of that kind of stuff I mean you guys are getting to listen to some legends of the sport and I think that that's a really unique opportunity just as a as a person Um, Because I do think, like you said, I mean, if you look at a guy like, you know, an Urban Meyer, even a Greg Schiano, who's coached in pros and all all levels, um, really think about the amount of people that they have been in charge of. It's incredible. Um, And to be at that level and to have that pressure, I mean, you've seen it this year with, I mean, all the shit that Urban Meyer gets put on his plate for stuff that, you know, doesn't have a ton to do with him. Um, So what would you guys say, like, if you were to really kind of peg it down um, you know, what do you guys feel like? Do you just go in open-minded, just really looking forward to learn in those situations? Or do you guys go for like, you're going specifically to learn, you know, technique drills or, or kind of what these guys are doing professionally? So, you know, one of the greatest clinics we go to is the one in, in February, you know, the Ohio Coaches Clinic, correct? Yeah, the one in Easton. Yeah, yeah at Easton. And we're super spoiled, I think. You know, we get the, the, the Friday night lineup, and it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, um, and it is it is awesome because Coach Meyer usually talks in it. Um, but usually you're, you're, you're given kind of like a menu of time slots, where to be, who's talking when, and what the topic's going to be about. That's yep. kind of how I usually go about selecting mine. You know, obviously – trying to pick out the ones that are more defensive line specific or special teams or you know that's going to really help grow myself but it's when there's leadership talks and there's there's talks about you know team culture and all that type of stuff i i usually try and jump on those as much as possible um i think that's they've done a lot more of that lately too mm -hmm. like leadership culture stuff the last three or four years like there's a ton of them now whereas i don't remember that or maybe i just wasn't interested in it before but it seems like there's a lot more of that. Like that's kind of the thing going around right now. Well, in the new, I mean, it's a it's a relatively new thing in terms of like <laughs> Ivy Leagues and a lot of actual like clinical human studies in terms of data uh, personal and science, data and science yeah. coming behind. You know, it, now we can measure your brain's activity, right? Yeah. Like, so we can measure where things are hitting, and then we know what that associated part of the brain is going to be associated with. You know, love, intelligence, memory, whatever it's going to be. And so we can actually see the effects of gratitude biologically. We can see the effects of you know, good leadership, good teamwork, positive environments versus negativity and right. pessimism and things like that. Yeah. And so that that's those studies are you know the last five to seven yeah. years. That, and so it's just now that a lot it's, of the information. It's hard to prove it. I mean, how yeah. do you prove that it's working? Yeah. Like in football, it's wins. Yeah. But you can win games, and have a negative environment sometimes yeah. Yeah. or a toxic environment and you could for a little bit have maybe a bad leader and you still win enough games to go to the playoffs and look because you got really good players kind of yeah. thing yeah and i mean I, I listened to a great podcast talking about um 
you know, really just the differences between, you know, thinking about history, not as what happened, but what also what could have happened, what could have been the potential outcome from that. And thinking about, you you think back to like Texas and USC, right? And USC at the time, greatest football, greatest college football team of all time. Everybody's saying that they've won 47 games in a row. It's like all this crazy shit. And all of a sudden, you know, Vince Young takes it around the edge. You know, if he trips and falls, USC's remembered as the greatest football team of all time. He scores a touchdown, and all of a sudden, nobody talks about that team as right. being one of the greatest college football teams ever. Yeah. Um, and they and were it's, cheating, weren't they? Weren't they cheating? Oh, yeah, for sure. Now, now integrity. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Lack of integrity. <laughs> it ends up, that's what happens to you. But uh, but I think that that's like, you know, those are the things that you kind of think about with, uh, with that source of development. And I think you guys are always looking at that, you know, how can we get one percent know, better? How can we? How can we change? Yeah. And if cultures, I think culture is obviously significantly more important than one percent. Um, but and I think you guys, both your schools and both your head coaches and programs, seem like they're bought in on that being more than one percent of the equation. Um, and so I think it's been cool to see you guys come out of these clinics, you know, motivated yeah. to do it. And that stuff, like you said, that's in February. So walk me through a little bit. You, John, you said you used to coach multiple sports. Chris, you coach multiple sports. Yep. And both you guys have walked away from coaching multiple sports a little bit. You coached a little bit last year, right? Yeah. Uh, last year, I coached eighth grade basketball at Orange Middle. I just I feel like being a teacher um, in the building that, yeah. you know, it's my responsibility to lead that population of kids as well. Yeah. Um, and... It's kind of neat because my first year at Orange Middle, I was coaching eighth grade football, and those guys are seniors now. So yeah. it's kind of come full circle. Yeah, that's really cool. um, but once I made the commitment to coach high school football, I moved back to coaching eighth grade basketball. And I was super, super happy with that decision. I'm doing it again this year. Um, but yeah, eighth grade basketball. Yeah. A lot of fun. Yeah, fun. it's a lot of fun. That's, that was probably, if I look back into one time and era that I enjoyed most eighth grade basketball is definitely up there for me in terms of uh, having the most fun um, well that's cool so but th- I guess my point with that more is what's the and it, I think the time commitment for high school football coaches I mean especially for both where you guys are at and living around you and being around you guys now for multiple seasons um, you know it's impressive what you guys put in if you guys could John, why don't you walk me through um, why don't we start the week on why don't we start the week on on Monday? All right, so you go in uh, okay. on Monday morning and then walk me through what uh, what a typical week looks like in terms of practice, in terms of film review, in terms okay. of just timelines. So Monday, all right. I'll tell you what, it might be easier if we start with Friday night. Okay, start with that, Friday night. For me, at least, because okay. that's where that's where it starts. Okay. That's where it ends and starts, basically. Okay. You know, the end of the, yep. So you have your game Friday night, um, which, you know, we're in the locker room at 5. We, we get you just stay after school. I stay after school because that's where I get caught up on schoolwork and yep. things like that. So I don't I don't have to go home and walk my dog or anything because yep. I don't have a dog. Yet. That's, <laughs> don't why, worry. that's one of the reasons I don't, don't have a dog. Don't worry. Kid, and, kids are dogs. Uh, it's coming in no time. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, have the game, whatever. Get, you know, if it's a away game, obviously we're getting home later. And then coaches will kind of sit around and talk a little bit, just thoughts on the game. You know, obviously the talk's a little quicker and – more fun when we win yep. than it is when we lose. Uh, but usually I'll watch as much of the film Friday night as I can before I just pass out, right? Fall asleep. Yep. Um, and then get up Saturday morning. If it's a if it's a nice early bed night, you know, bef- before midnight, I try and work. Like this morning I work, worked out for like a quick 20 minutes yep. before and then start watching film until the kids come in. At 8, we watch film with the kids from... 
eight to nine. They lift from nine to ten. I go out and coach JV football, come back in, um, and usually talk with the other coaches because they're still there because they've been breaking down next week's film because that's when really next week begins and we um, kind of put last week behind us and start moving forward. And so I'll usually kind of work football until like like today until about three o'clock when I came over for this podcast and. Kind of, <laughs> Kind of be uh, kind of be done for the night. I mean, depending on what's going on, and then I'll get up Sunday morning, and pretty much start football from eight or nine a.m. After I've done, I do. I make myself read on Sunday mornings, or I won't do it at all. Yeah. Um, read, kind of get some school stuff together, and I'm working pretty much all day. And like, I'll stop to like mow the yard and give myself a break. Me and Chris have been pushing sleds on Sundays to kind of just meet up and talk, and because um, we haven't, we usually play basketball, but we can't get anybody to go play basketball on Sundays because the NFL yep. NFL screwing us and uh, but yeah so yeah and I pretty much work until I go to bed at, at 10 between you know and it's not straight but on and off for a long time and this is not what I've always done this is more now than yeah. what I've done because I'm more into it and I've, give, I've given they've been given more um, freedom well influence on the defense okay. and special teams and all that and so they want me to do more and so I like that so then we'll have Monday practice from like 3 to 6. Usually that's that's it. Pretty much all Monday through Wednesdays practice 3 to 6. We'll kind of meet and talk afterwards if we need to. Thursday's a shorter day. Um, and then we're back to Friday. So it's yeah. it's a ton of work on the weekend just to kind of be prepared. Yeah. And then for me, it's pretty much just practice. And the film I watch is like our practice. We have practice film too so we can see. Because I can't watch all three of my guys, defense alignment at once. So yeah. we just have you know an injured kid film with an iPad. And then we can go back and watch it, and then correct things the next the next day. And yeah. that's actually that's the biggest thing that's changed in the ten years I've been coaching is the film is huge if you yeah. if you use it the right way because yeah. you just you can't see everything is too fast. Yeah. So. Yeah. So yeah, it's a lot of I don't I don't know I think I accumulated it one time and said it was like thirty hours for football. Yeah. Throughout the week and yeah, then I mean, plus, which is rivaling, plus rivaling plus teaching what you're at school. Right. I mean right. Yeah, it's about. Roughly forty at school, and yeah. yeah, so yeah, so I don't have much of a social life. Um, that's why you haven't seen me at friendship. I'll be back <laughs> after football. I'll be back on Saturdays, getting after it with Omar coaching. Or was I Omar still coaching? I was, I, what, I was there seven a.m. today. I was waiting for John. John was a, a strict ten a.m. or and then it went to eight thirty, and yep. then he was there. He was at seven. Starting his I like I like all three classes. There's all if I go late, that means I can read before and kind of get my mind right. Yep. And if I go early, you know, it's it's attacking right away, and I get to see Bobby at seven a.m. and worked out with Bobby or Robert. I today. used to hear Cash came early on Saturdays, but I've gone probably to a dozen Saturdays, and I've yep. never seen Cash ever. Yep. On a Saturday workout, yep. is that well, accurate? I, I haven't I have not seen him in a little while. Does he still go to the gym? He does. Does he work out still? He does. He does. He does. Yep. I see him in the five thirty eight. He had a, your, your boy Chris here had a great partner workout with him earlier this week. Yeah, yeah. still feeling the effects of that one. Uh, I'm trying to align my. Eighth grade basketball practices on Saturday yep. for that seven a.m. Yep. class. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. School starts a little too early for me to get there, so I got to. Yeah. We get CrossFit Liberty going on. <laughs> yeah. When I say CrossFit, I mean just super setting upper body, lower body. Yeah, you guys <laughs> have gone back to time. full bro lifting for the most part. We'll, no. we'll breathe hard. We'll, <laughs> okay. uh, we'll do like a three minute finisher and okay. some of the guys. Which is so ironic with. for you because really what you were really good at was was breathing hard yeah. and being uncomfortable. Yeah, and I'm. St- I mean, I'm st- I can still do that if I want to. I just don't want to. <laughs> I just don't want to as much anymore. Like, I'm just, yeah. That's I'm just, awesome. Just trying to sweat and get 
get my mind right for the day. Yeah. You know, 45 minutes before school, the best thing I've done was yeah. go back to doing that. Yeah, for sure. Workout. It gives you energy while you're teaching and all that yeah. kind of stuff. And I too. just don't, it's either that or I gotta wait till 6.30 or 7 p.m. at night yep. and it's just like, oh, now, now it's like, smoked now it's like I have to work out instead of I look forward to it in the yep. morning. We got like five or six coaches that come with us and Chris comes usually once a week. I don't know if he will this week. But, yeah. Um, yeah, maybe not this week. Yeah, I, I might be in there. Maybe not rivalry week. The, uh, well, you know, we didn't talk for like a month after last week's last year's game. Last year's was tough on Orange. Though, was to tough. be, to I was be trying fair. to go to Thanksgiving like, and I just I couldn't muster yeah. it. It was like the next week. Right? It was like <laughs> I remember being really close. We were like, oh, that Thanksgiving day was gonna be a little awkward yeah, this year. Time, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was uh, that was it. I think that going into that game. I think that we we were projected to be the favorite. I'm not 100 percent sure on that, but you know, obviously, you guys were undefeated. Yeah, yeah. and um, the first game, you guys would have played the second one closer to Thanksgiving would have been the playoff game. We were well, if they would have won, yeah, against Gahanna, we would have played again. Oh, yeah, 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 last year. Yeah, so but they were favored last year for yeah, sure at yeah. home, undefeated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think too that, well, that they sort of had that game too. They were yeah. burying us. Yeah, yeah. First half we. Played well, but you got to play, you know, four quarters of a football game. Yep. Um, but that was that was a tough one, um, <clears throat> tough for me to overcome. You know, I, I think I maybe took that a little bit too personal. There were some 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 things that occurred after the game that I took even more personal. It had nothing to do with John though. Yeah. Uh, but uh, to be fair, if we if John is known for one thing. It's not. What am I known for? What am I known for? It is not for being kind of a, a snarky, uh, sarcastic. Unless, uh, unless it's Saturday morning JV games. Yeah. And then it might come out a little. A, bit. A, a talker, a talker. We'll say. Right. Play basketball, John Sansbury. Once you, you slack off in a partner workout one or two times with John. He's gonna let you hear about it a couple gonna, times. High expectations. Yeah. 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 Or or feedback. Feedback. Yeah. Feedback. feedback. But usually I won't attack you on something sensitive like that. You yeah. Know, so football or whatever. The, uh, I don't know if I agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen you go after people for some sensitive well, things yeah. sometimes. I, yeah. I guess maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, the JV football game was fun. Yeah. yeah. If, if, if you get a chance Saturday morning, that'll be... Because you can literally... I can yell across something and Chris can hear it. Yeah, yeah. And he can hear it. Or, or like Matt... Like we, I know Matt Laddick very well and he's yeah. out there and... And one, one crime that has occurred this past year has been this new rule implemented for JV football that both coaches have to agree on kickoff and kickoff return. So if you don't, if you take kickoff and kickoff return, you put the ball on the 30, 35. 35, and you just play. So it's middle school football. Yeah, it's basically... In freshman football, there is no kickoff anymore. So they've completely eliminated that. Yeah. I, I'm guessing the reason was for safety. Yeah, that's what they said. Because obviously in football, yeah. there's this big concussion crisis and all that. Yeah. And, um, so, the and, biggest uh, issue that I have with it is there's two things. You're taking 22 spots away yeah. um, for guys. and Well, really three things. That and the fact that sophomores or juniors who are playing on JV are usually special teams guys on Friday nights. Yeah. So it's another opportunity for them to work on that skill and build that skill um, in a game-like situation or scenario. Yeah. And the third thing is, it's fun to do those things. Yeah. You know, like that's that's probably the most, like I had to convince Westerville Central's JV team to do kickoff and kickoff return to, yeah. tonight, this morning. And they were able to do it. Did they do it? They did. They didn't do it against us. Yeah. So, so, and uh, the whole thing too, you know, with regards to 
playing this weekend too is the Saturday JV game that we both are going to coach in. We we both love special teams. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna do kickoff. We're gonna do kickoff return. We're, yeah. we're gonna probably have model huddle. You know, we're gonna do a bunch of things that yeah, are gonna bring energy to the game. Yeah, and uh, it's kind of like a mix. John said once, like backyard football and real football. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah, and the kickoff thing, they must have some kind of data behind that as far as injuries go, but. I can only remember one time where a kid got hurt. Or it's just overreaction Monday, right. taking on every level. Well, I, I can remember one time a kid getting hurt on a JV kickoff, and then he actually wasn't hurt. He thought he was hurt, and he wasn't. He was absolutely fine Yeah. Monday. So I just they get the wind knocked out of him or something. I don't know. But, it, yeah, it's just, I don't know. Yeah, it is what it is. I mean, I think that's where that's where all sports are going in some capacity. Yeah. It's, I don't think it's unique to football. It's just... Rule changes in football seem to have a much bigger impact, I yeah. feel like, in terms of... And it, it makes sense to make the game safer. Obviously, we don't want anyone getting hurt, especially long-term hurt. Yeah. I mean, but every sport, there's a chance there's to get hurt. Especially, obviously, football, too. Um, but, man, the helmets they got, the, the technique of tackling and defeating blocks now, the awareness of it, you know. And when a kid even says... Hey, I don't, I don't feel good if something something's not off, or he looks off. Yeah. Like at least for us, I mean, he's off the field, and he's yeah. got to see the trainer, and the trainers are extra careful for it too. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, it, people are doing the right. At least in our where I'm at, we're doing things to. Yeah, you're never gonna. It. It's never gonna be a hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, you're never exactly. gonna be there, and so if you know that underlying, then everybody's just doing their best. Yeah. It's not like you're sending kids out there and be like, you know, I want you to use. The back top part of your head, and I want right. you to aim for the other guy's face mask, mm-hmm. and let's, let's get violent out there. Yeah. Like, there's not a coach in existence yeah. that's saying that. It's just, and so. I think the benefits, obviously, that's why we still have football. The benefits of your your son playing football far outweigh the, the negatives, yeah. and, and and obviously something could happen. Um, and I've even asked my mom that. I go, "What do you think, mom?" Yeah. You know, and she goes, "I, I think it's 100 percent worth." I mean, there's risks in anything, but yeah. just what it what it teaches, what it does yeah. for you. Yeah. And it's funny well, that you said that because there's a there's a parent that communicated to our head coach. You know, he's he's out for the season, but she relayed the message to him that what he's taken from four years of playing high school football will carry with him the rest of his life. Yeah, and like that's that's the thing that I I try and you know I think that we're trying to bring more and more awareness to with regards to the safety as well being a an absolute premium and priority. Yeah. But just what skills and lessons that your son is going to learn in yep. those four years. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, and I think, you know, and this, this will segue us really well, I think, into talking just about the, the development and the leadership and stuff that you guys are always working on. And, um, and John, I know you were really excited. Was it this year or last year where you are going to get in charge of a new program that kind of Liberty was running? Teach this year. We yeah. New class. I'm teaching a new class called Positive Leadership. Yeah. Yeah, how's that going? Awesome. Yeah. I mean, trying to figure things out, but it's really making me figure out what is important yeah. in leadership. And really, I'm just teaching everything that I'd want to teach my kid. Yeah. If You know, as far as, you know, what you can do to make yourself better yeah. as a person every single day and then how you can help positive influence or, or lead other people too. Cause yeah. I'm still trying to figure it out, but I mean, it's, it's fun because it's, I mean, I, I think it, I don't know if it was Jocko Willink I heard say this, but leadership um, is the most important thing there is in anything. Yeah. Yeah. So as far as, no matter what you do, your job, people you're around, friendships, relationships, football, yeah. whatever, but it's also the most difficult thing yeah. there is. 
because you're dealing with people and people are people are crazy, man. People well, and it's full of doing stuff. A lot of times, a lot of times, the right answer is going to involve a difficult conversation. Which difficult conversations are going to be very uncomfortable. And anytime anything's uncomfortable, it's not our first inclination. Right. It's not what we it's want not natural, to join for sure. Yep. And so that means that you have to work at it, just like anything. Right. And anytime you have to work at having difficult conversations, right, that involves yeah, it's a skill. Having... I mean, leadership itself too is a skill that. Yep. I mean, we can argue. It's the whole nature versus nurture thing, you know. Is yeah. it is leadership natural or, or, uh, or is it taught? And I'm sure. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what the right answer is. That's a that's a great debate. I'm sure the answer is usually a little bit of both yeah. with everything. But um, some kids, and I see it in our class too, in our school, like some kids just have it. They don't even know they have it. Yeah. Like what what is what is it? I don't know. It's just people seem to gravitate towards them. Yeah. For whatever reason, because they make the right decision, positively or negatively. Right. Yeah. yeah, that too. And you know, but then also, kids. Yeah, that's kind of how we started the class. Anyone here have a parent that said, "Hey, I want you to be a leader." Yeah. And like we all raised our hand, right? Myself included. Yeah. But we never tell them how to lead. Yeah. Right. Or what that looks like, kind of. Like, well, you got to lead. And, most and it's an elective class, right? So these kids are volunteering. Well, volunteering so the first this first year. Um, we picked the kids. So oh, okay. we had an administrator approach me and asked me if I would, would like to teach it. And I was like, absolutely, because I started a program last year called Patriot Period where the whole school once a month uh, with their home base, we have a lesson or you know discussion on um, basically culture stuff. But last year it was centered around character. This year it's centered around E plus R equals O. Yep. Um, and so that's kind of why... It, he thought I might want to teach it, and so I'm teaching it. And we, it was a mixture of kids that um, we we need to be leaders in the school, and a uh, and then group of kids, and some kids that um, counselors thought it'd be really good for them. Yeah. You know, whether it's helping lead themselves a little better, or just need to be around positive influences, kind of thing. And just yeah, I mean, fill the gap, so it's the hardest time in the world to be a leader, <laughs> legitimately. There's nothing that I can that I I I mean, very very few things that I can think that I've ever experienced that are more challenging than your friends in high school about to make a bad decision and you stepping in, interjecting and helping them make a better decision or do the right thing. Like that's, that's unbelievably challenging. There's probably only a handful of kids. It doesn't mean you're a bad leader if you don't. I just think that that's one of those situations that kids probably face. And, um, I think it's it's hard to have expectations on them uh, to to always be to know how to do the right thing uh, to right. know to do the right, right thing without education or discussion and even then they have to be in that situation I think multiple times to even understand the situation. Right. So it's funny that you brought that up because we're doing something similar over at Orange Middle where we met where we meet <clears throat> twice a month and you know we've got our it's called our Trailblazer traits uh, leadership empathy and unity and. Uh, we're right now we're in empathy like that's our focus and we talked about being a by, bystander yeah and just the the social pressure you know with regards to the social media component yeah. and it's it's so it's 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 frustrating because we have kids who are walking those hallways who are flat out addicted yeah. to their cell phone and, and and it's it's crazy you have all this anxiety and everything that builds up with all the students and and I and I I I'm trying to advocate for more days, you know, than two days a month, but yeah. it's, we're trying to address it in the middle school. I know that there's probably elementaries that are trying to do things as well with regards to character development and leadership and yeah. 
trying to teach those those skills, but it's it's wild right now. Well, and it's awesome because I mean we didn't have that in our schools right. growing up, and I think these kids are faced with challenges that are so much more challenging, more difficult than than I think we even give it credit. And I think the thing that you're so you t- just targeting specifically on social media, we are sitting here trying to help kids combat something that the entire sole purpose of the business and the multi-millionaires that are developing these people are fully incentivized to force you to stay on the platform. Stay on here as long as you possibly can. That's how we get more ad money. That's how we get more data from you. And the more you post and the more you're on there, the better we do as a business. And so they have this huge incentive over here as a business to be getting these kids young and early. Right. Um, and as a society and a culture, I think it's like, I mean, I think everybody sees that it's a problem. I think actually making a dent in it is extremely difficult. I think it's awesome that, that schools are trying because I think that that's, yeah. that's, I mean, that's all you can do. That's all you can do is try. Um, but just like you said, I yeah. think that that's, that's you're not, awesome. You're not going to get rid of social media. No. It's just you got to learn how to use it appropriately. Well, you guys do. As far as... Social media, right. one of the big things. Let's dive into it, right? So we've had a couple people on podcasts, and uh, you know we've had a wide range of, of people who are you know avid social media users, and other people uh, like you guys. I think Chris, you are totally off now. You have nothing, right? The only thing I have is Twitter. Yeah, um, and even then, I'm still on it too much. Yeah. But the last twelve months to the eighteen months, I've gotten rid of Snapchat. Instagram and then Facebook and I keep Twitter just for the coaching piece to it and just yep. give shout outs to my players and stay connected with them. But it's, it's still a routine to wake up and check my phone, yep. you know, and I use the excuse that it helps wake me up even though I just, just get up and go straight downstairs. I'm going to no matter what, yep. but I don't need to look at my phone. Um, but yeah, that's the only thing I got left. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, they got a new new uh, thing on screen time where you can shut it shut it down so you don't you can't be on Twitter at that time or like mm-hmm. you have to enter some things in. So nice. been been putting that in place. That's good. Yeah. yeah what I, about get, you, John? I get rid of Snapchat. Right. I've called it Chat Snap so many times <laughs> just, on purpose. Yeah, now, just to piss and, people. I mean, <laughs> yeah, but now I'm unsure of what it actually is. Snapchat. I get rid of that a couple of years ago because I realized it legitimately does nothing. Productively, yeah. At least on Instagram, so I might deliver people on a little secret here, and they might not like this, but <laughs> Instagram, I follow like I think I'm following 19 people or something, um, and I have like a hundred followers. Which that I always ask the kids, does that make me cool? The ratio, yeah, and I've actually people will request to follow me. And then I don't follow them back because yeah. I only follow like there's a couple there's like two leadership Instagram accounts. Yeah. There's a Game of Thrones one which yeah. that's really important yeah. to me. Yeah. Really um, important to you. And then I have Active Life. Yeah. Who, you know me and me have talked a lot about them and yeah. like some other workout one. And I think the only other I have some friends but they don't post anything so yeah. that's why there's I still follow them. Yeah. But I unfollowed a bunch of other people that just. 
they post too much like <laughs> like Omar I had to let go yeah, uh, yeah. whoever else but did you uh, let him go while he was living with you uh, before okay. I'm pretty sure okay. and I was up front with him on yeah. that he yeah. was, of course he said that was okay <laughs> and he's, got, he's got 8 billion followers so he didn't even notice that yeah. I, I didn't follow him. but because um, there is good stuff out there yeah. I mean social media like I talk to my students all the time using your phone and social media for good or evil yeah. and, and there's nothing wrong with following with your friends and all that I, I don't get, but like following so I follow whatever 10 people and it's an unbelievable how much stuff there still is yeah. I can't even imagine if I was following all of my friends and whatever 100 that like, you would just have people. endless stuff to go through yeah. and you know I, I don't know every once in a while I'll just go through flip through and if I like something I actually take a picture of it and use it and somehow mix it into one of my classes or whatever yeah. um because there is some good stuff. Like it is unbelievable how connected we are now. Mm-hmm. Like I don't even know who runs these accounts I follow, but yeah. it's good stuff that they have. And yeah. I would have never ever talked to this person or met them or, or seen anything they had, yeah. but now I can. Well, so. and to your point, we were having this conversation a little bit yesterday. There, it, you know, the statistic came out the other day that if you include podcasts, if you're a transcribed podcasts and <clears throat> combine them with blogs and books and audiobooks and everything that's being published in you know 2017 to 2018 there have been more words more combinations of words more books and more more pages posted in the last year than there have been in the entire history of humankind and so you start to think about that like size wise magnitude wise it's insane and here we are we're adding to it right because we're doing podcasts but you think about you're that welcome. Yeah, you're welcome <laughs> and so i think just the you know to your point with that it's like where where i think social media can have a good platform is to sift through some of that to find things that are valuable right. things that are not so just like you said you like active life and a lot of times their stuff is just a quote card from a podcast or right. a quote that they're taking that that came out in conversation among their trainer group that they thought would be valuable to the public and you read it and you think yeah that makes sense or that's something to think about right, right? and yep. you know i think they they put you enjoy their stuff i think they do a lot of stuff talking about unilateral legwork and, and things along those lines which you've been a big, big and it prompts you to connect with somebody else yeah like you it for like you just said how active rx you've had conversations with Jeff about right. it yeah. and it just expands dialogue and your overall connection with each other. Yeah. 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 And I mean, I think that that's, that's in, you know, same thing. You even take it for something more social, like a game of Thrones. I mean, I think in the most part, that's what we use it for outside of the fact that I don't want the spoilers, John. So stop sending them to me. <laughs> right. That's, that's, yeah, that's usually on. Alvin Conti that yeah. does that. Yeah. 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 That's I just, he was, he was sitting in your chair, uh, Chris, uh, just last week and, Saved it as a podcast, Alvin. Alvin. Uh, it was just a great time. So that's awesome. Um, but yeah, so what are you guys reading right now? I am almost done with a book called Culture Code. Okay. Yeah. Uh, by Alex Conti recommended that to me. Yeah, I've, I've. What's his name? I don't know. I don't know. Coil. Some coil or whatever. David Coil. He did Talent Code and he's done some other ones. Yeah. But okay. this is the first one I've read of his, and it's awesome. Yeah. I mean, anyone that. Um, again, interested in leadership, culture, all that stuff. If you run a business, or I mean, even like your family, like it's because that's that's leadership too. Yep. I mean, parents, yep. that's leadership. Yep, that's like the most important leadership role you can have. Um, it, it was it's really good. It's got a lot of different stories in it, and um, I'm about done with that. And I got the dichotomy of leadership on deck. It's been waiting. I, yeah, it it finally came in, but I was in the middle of this book, so I got I'm a big Jocko Willen fan. Of, yeah, it's his new book, right? Yeah. Yep. And so it's the follow up to Extreme Ownership. Yeah, I've heard it's pretty good. That's probably the most 
I know you're going to ask me a question of what, what's the best book I've read. Um, Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink was the most influential like that. That, I think, is the one that got me steamrolling into this obsession with yeah. reading and leadership and podcasts, and he's got a podcast that I listen to. One comes out every week that's just, it's awesome. Yeah, I wish you would work on your voice so you sounded better like he does. Yeah, well, I, he's he is a level up than me. Yeah, he's I'm trying just, to he's get to all, his level. all Navy yeah. SEAL all day. Yeah, he's older, so I got some time. That's true, yeah. that's true. Um, so, in that... Did you start this right around that that fall that we really started training together? Twenty fifteen is that when a lot of this stuff started for you? I'm trying to remember. I I can't. I'm trying to think what the first thing was. I know like the term growth mindset like yeah. hit schools a few years ago. At least our school, and um, that kind of got things rolling. I, I was reading before, but yeah. once I started connecting the idea of leadership and the importance of it with coaching and teaching which that was probably like three and a half years ago maybe yeah, two and a half three or something like that um that's when a lot of things changed and not that i didn't think it was important but i wasn't like intentionally trying to get better at it and yeah. implement it in with my players and all that that's too bad i wish i'm sure people were telling me that a long time ago i'm sure coach and teachers were but i just either wasn't ready or wasn't listening or something. So. Yeah, I mean, I think it's easy It's easy to be hard on yourself in that capacity, but I think it's one of those things, like, everybody's going to find it in their own their own pace, their right. own capacity. And it's, it's something I think about all the time with being in the military. It's like, you know, how much how much better of a leader could I have been if given the opportunity right. to actually have known what I could have spent my time to, on? To be intentional with yeah, it, right? Exactly. It's like, yeah. Or, like, think about if you're in high school. That's why I'm glad I'm teaching leadership class. Yeah. Like, I was a captain of the football team, and I look back at it, and looking back now, I was like, I was a... I was a bad leader, yeah. but like at yeah. the time, people thought I was a good leader. Yeah. Obviously, to be to be selected for that, it's like yeah. wow. I wish I would have done so many things differently. But you're 17 or 18, you yeah. don't you don't know anything, right? Well, it gives you a good idea, I think, of why like some of the coaches you guys look up to and stuff, where how they are, where they are is is it's a, it's just a path, it's a journey, right. and it's not something that I think you can just skip past and get from A to B when you're 17. Yeah, I think right, it's, right. it's it's something that you got to be be working on. So. I think one of the challenges too is, and you guys probably maybe have experienced it or felt felt it as well, is just you're just taking in, taking in, consuming, 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 absorbing, absorbing all of this different you know angles of leadership. You know, between if it's Jocko, if it's John Gordon, if it's Ryan Holiday, you yeah, know, focus three, focus, focus three, three, you know, and it's just how do you conform that to your own philosophy your own theory your own vision yep. for what leadership is and, and that's and how do you put that into you know your daily practice yep. and how do you how do you influence that with the students or the student athletes that you were or even the people that you surround yourself right. with that's yep. that's been the biggest thing that i've yeah. been trying to trying to figure out is how do you apply all this wonderful information and in just kind of the way yeah you know yeah. and and Still trying to figure that out, but I feel like every book I go through, I guess a step closer. Yeah. yeah. I think that's also like, you're talking about who you surround yourself with, like our group of friends, like you, obviously me and Chris are around each other a lot. And so we kind of each got each other into it, but then like our closest teaching and coaching buddies all kind of started getting into it around the same time. Yeah. Like they started and then we followed or vice versa. And then you too, being around yeah. you, like it just seemed like our closest, like, eight people yeah 
we're just all of a sudden all into it. So yep. I guess what all of our conversations are about. Like even <laughs> we're going not during regional training or obviously when we're CrossFit and hardcore, but we're going to the fill-in station to drink beers and it turns into philosophy discussion yep. on leadership and coaching and teaching and yep. like doing the right thing and all that stuff. Yep. And, and that's like, that's like PD right there, yep. professional development. Oh yeah, for sure. I think that it just, I mean, I think just like you said, it, it, it's so much absorption. <clears throat> I think the, the actual act of sitting down and doing this and just being able to discuss it and have some of that like thought, thought experiment yeah. project that, that philosophy yeah. discussion, I think helps you, Helps you figure out how you want to use it yourself a little bit, but you know I think the biggest thing what I love about it is it's it's kind of a north star for me. It's one of those things where it, your natural inclination is to constantly like I always think it's like veering veering left like my car it's like alignment so I've been off since I bought it it just veers to the left and I constantly have to tug it back to the right. It's kind of one of those things like so I think when I think about the analogy I think about like tugging left is like ease and comfort and, and, um, you know, default, right. It's, it's the, it's, it's where you want to go all the time right away. And I have to just constantly have to recorrect and recorrect and recorrect. And that's kind of what I hope that's what it helps me with is that, that constant, you know, you come back from, from a seminar, you come back from something and you're just juiced and you want to put all these things in place right away and you just want to hit the ground running you want to, you're you're motivated to wake up early you're motivated to get in your workouts every day and eat perfectly and do all these different things but you know a few weeks goes by and right. you start to fade just a touch or it's that or it's you overcomplicate it to the point where you can't implement yeah like simple you can't be consistent simple yeah. is effective yep and the more the more simpler you can make things the easier yeah. you know with regards to anything yeah and I think that's like the, I think one of the best um, you know the best strength cycles or series is, is 5 through 1 it's a great book and the accessory work that he provides with it is called Boring But Big right and there's another there's a book called Boring But Rich and it's like and all, it's it's that concept basically it's you're not you don't have to, you're not doing anything sexy. This is going to be boring but big is the most it's the dumbest program in the world. It's like, okay, you're gonna back squat and today you're gonna do, you know, three sets of three or five sets of three, whatever it's gonna be. You're gonna max on your last set and then you're gonna go back and you do five sets of ten at fifty percent. And that's all that's boring but big. You just do a few more sets. <laughs> it's like a few more sets of ten and that's it. And then yeah. the same thing for shoulder press, same thing for bench press, same thing for front squat, deadlift, all that shit. And but it works and like that's the thing and I think you guys were big on that when you guys were you know we were training really hard is you know we don't have to hack the system it's just just do the little things right and even when we were um, you know we were getting ready for regionals and we were watching film it's like we there was I mean it was every detail and like John was obviously like film Mr. Film guy loved watching film like yeah, it's just ingrained in you just loved watching that's films right. John's film. dissecting every regional yep. Yep, before and that's just great. talking about transitions and it, it made a huge difference for our team I mean we were cutting chunks of time off from you gotta, changing things you gotta win in the margins when you have low talent like myself on your team <laughs> a bunch yeah. of low talent assholes like <laughs> yeah. you and me getting carried yeah. by our other four yeah. and, and what you said kind of, we were talking about your, your cars earlier you were talking about your car kind of naturally veering left and you got to kind of redirect it that's kind of the point of reading and podcasts and like yeah. I try to sell reading to kids all the time and like it, it's, it's not going to they're not going to read right now yeah. right because they got other stuff they got to read they got so much homework but I'm hoping some of the stuff sticks with them later because like I wasn't reading in high school either. I read a yeah. ton before school sports started and then once that started I was I never read until yep. 
after college and even a few years after college. But um, the reading and podcasts, like it just gets you back to focus on yeah. what's important really. And like being intentional with what you do. And it's like, it's your own little coach, right? Yeah. Your book is your coach or your mentor or your podcast you're listening to. And yeah. whether it makes you think or whatever, I mean, you mentioned, I've only listened to a few of your podcasts. I need to catch up, but you had one about, I don't know what the title was, but you were talking about reading. And I even texted you this. You're saying read. You know, one of the points of reading is sometimes you'll get lost in thought, thinking like you'll just kind of you'll be reading. All of a sudden, I'm staring off, thinking about something, and that's like the point. Yeah. It's to make you think. Yeah. Your How creative can I use brain this? is working. Right. You cre- whether it's improving, uh, you know, creativity or just thinking. Okay, what do I actually need to do right yeah. now? Like basically becoming more self-aware. You're reflecting. Yeah. To become more self-aware. It's like your own mini. Everybody's like on this mindfulness stuff, all that stuff right now. It's like your form of meditation. Like yeah, you're just sitting there, even though you're not meditating, you're just reading. And all of a sudden, I started thinking about something for a couple minutes, and then I get back. But yeah, it's like one of the best things you can do, I think. Yeah, and that's like just like Chris said. I think where you, what you're thinking about is how can I implement what I just read, and how can I, how does that take to me? And that was why, like above the line to me at the time when I read it and I'll read it again here and I've got a few years just because I think it's something that was so situational. And when I read it, it was just like, I mean, I couldn't get it more than a couple pages and my mind was just constantly like, we, we need to change this. We need to change that. I came back from that and it was just like, I mean, that was a huge, <clears throat> that was a huge start of everything for me. Like, it's just like, we need to change the culture of the gym. Just, just like it, it like from yeah. a coaching staff perspective, from, how we communicate with clients perspective, just like everything. Like it needs to be like, we can be better. And there's all these different things. And the concept of 10, 80, 10 for me, as it pertains to the gym, uh, when you're talking about a big population, it makes sense in a team, right? Mm-hmm. In a football team, when you talk about big population, uh, it's, it makes all the sense in the world. Yes. And like, you think about it, how it pertains to the gym. It's like, let's take these, you know, the, the most people who come into the gym and are trying to figure out their habits and trying to figure out, how can I figure out this health and fitness thing? Like, I'd love to just not have to worry about it anymore. It's like, just this guy over here, he's got it figured out. Just spend a little bit more time and ask him about what he does. And like, you're going to hear the same answer all the time. It's like, I eat the same thing like every day, right? I eat, I eat my, my food's super boring. It's in a, and I prep when I need to and like all these things. And it's like, it's not, none of it's complicated. And you're going to hear the same answers across the board. Once you start hearing those same answers, then that's what you just have to work towards. It's like you start having access to that stuff. And so I think that concept of 108010 was like that just my mind like blew up with it. But that was like where I really started to get in tune with that implementation and creativity. You know, it's it's funny because I Cash, he constantly had been just borderline harassing me to come into the early AM, early AM, yeah. early AM. He's notorious for that. And so I trialed it yeah. this the summer before coaching high school football. And I was able to like build the habit of doing it and I was able to commit to it. And my morning routine, if I read, write and move, you know, movement being the exercise component, I, I know that whatever takes place in the next 14 hours of the day, it, it, it's going to be all right. Cause I've gained clarity in yeah. the morning. Yeah. And, and, and if it's through reading something from the daily stoic, reading something from the mindful leadership, reading something from John Gordon or whoever these guys, you know, that we're reading and sharing resources with, um, and then writing about it too. That's that's the big thing. Is I I, I try and keep a gratitude journal too, yeah. and I write a quote that I've read. I list you know three. If I get these three things done, it, today's a win. Yeah. And then I try and list three things that I'm grateful for every day. Um, 
and then I'm usually off to friendship or liberty or orange or wherever I'm working out. Like yeah. if those three things take place, it doesn't matter what, what takes place in the classroom, yeah. you know, or on the football field or in the basket. It, it just, I, it sets me up. It kind of feeds into that whole make your bed philosophy, yeah. you know, doing the little things. Do you feel like if throughout the day, like, like let's say it's a Wednesday and you know, you've got this coming up the next day, let's say it's Wednesday at 2 PM, something happens. That's like, it's just it's causing you a lot of anxiety, you know, something's happening with a kid and you can't figure it out and it's causing you a lot of stress and it's really eating away at you. Do you feel like you do a pretty good job of like understanding that, you know, that's something I'm going to work to maybe figure out tomorrow morning or is that something where like you'll continue to kind of battle through and try to figure, like try to figure it out? Because I see that as something that's like in the morning, you know, it's, it's great because you wake up with such a clear mind. Um, but I think what you're saying is like you use it to, to help you gain clarity on things that you're struggling with too. And I think that naturally by reading, like if there's something weighing on you, yeah. it's even if you're reading or what, like you're in thought. Yeah. And I think that, you know, that creative problem solving piece, I feel like it, I, I'm able to go there while yeah. reading and figure out, well, I haven't communicated with this person or I haven't tried this, you know, solution to the problem. I haven't talked with this person and, and I feel like that's where a lot of brainstorming comes in, especially like if it's coaching football, like drills, like just literally thinking about how can I implement what I'm seeing right here on tape and have two sophomore kids who are going against, you know, whoever, like how can I make that as identical as possible yeah. to set them up? And and I, and I think that, you know, obviously you're going to be presented with issues at 2 o'clock, 4 o'clock, 6 o'clock, 8 o'clock, or however long you're up. But in the morning, if you're able to kind of, problem solve and figure that out and overcome that obstacle don't don't worry about what's in front of you yeah. you know because you've already set yourself up and i think that you're building from what you've learned from the previous day yeah. to the following day yeah and i mean i'm addicted to to reading watching learning about um about just successful people um from all different industries categories whether it be a coach whether it be um you know ray dally like an investment and person or a business and person or somebody somebody honestly who i just feel like is is happy who has found happiness um and i think what you just said is it's pretty universal i mean it's 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 if there's one character trait that i feel like really embodies a lot of them and you see tim ferris for years just asked questions asked those same questions tell me about your morning routine he's kind of stopped asking the question a lot because it just came back so similar all the time. It came back, you know, I, I wake up usually at a time before most common people are going to wake up and I'm usually going to do some sort of development. And sometimes that's going to be physical and mental and a lot of times it's going to be just mental, right? Um, but I think that that's, I think it's a huge kind of secret to success a little bit is spending a little bit of that time blocking it off for that. Uh, what are you reading right now? Um... I just finished John Gordon's Power of Positive Teams. John got me that, and he also got me the Dichotomy of Leadership. That's kind of on deck. I've actually I, I've fallen in love with Ryan Holiday's work with regards yeah. to the egos, the enemy, and obstacles. The way I, yeah. and John Stoic, Daily Stoic. I'm yeah. reading a Daily Stoic right now. Yeah. Um, I don't know about you guys, and I don't know if this is a fault or whatnot, but I I'm reading from about three different books right now, and yeah. I I'm you know. Daily Stoic is one page a day. You know, I can get through that. I highlight something that stuck with me. I write about it. And then I took a mindful leadership class for um, courses for a teacher. And and I'm in chapter two right now. And it's talking about the science behind it, like the brain and how specifically the amygdala, the hippocampus, yep. like learning about that is 
been fascinating for me. Yeah. Um, so I love Ray Dalio's principle because he dives into this a lot. Then I, I need to definitely get that it's in the queue. Book, principles. It's really well edged, but uh, there's too many books. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm doing audio. I'm doing Audible faster. now. I'm at one one point five speed on Audible, and I'm trying to. I'm messing with those hours. speeds is awesome. If you go slow mo, it is. It's some. Yeah. It's just. It's yeah. Hilarious. Well, he's kind of like an older dude too, so he's already a little bit slower pace. So that's why you can run it at one and a half speed. Uh, but yeah, it's a great book. Um, yeah, I think that's, I, I want to do that. I want to do three books at a time because I do get moods. Like I get times where I want to, I want to take from this. I want to take from that. But like from the principle of it, like I just, I don't know. I don't know if that's, I've never tried it, I guess. So it's interesting that you're doing that. And one thing too, that I've, I've noticed is like when I'm, I'm reading a book, that's, I'm like taking that over yeah. and, I'm, and I'm saying things probably to John that I'm reading from Ryan Holiday or I'm, I'm, you know, brainstorming about ideas that are brought up in those books and talking and collaborating with other people that I talk with leadership or mindfulness about. And, um, I think it's interesting having, you know, somebody who's all about stoicism and then the mindfulness piece and then, you know, Jocko or John Gordon, you yeah. know, it's just kind of neat to bounce between those three. Yeah. So, yeah, my next one on tap is going to be uh, there's two books by the Dalai Lama that um, uh, that Ray Dalio recommends that I'm, mm-hmm. I'm kind of interested in diving into. And I haven't, uh, you know, I've never read any of his stuff. And I think it'd be something that would be um, you know, a little bit off the beaten path for me. So I think that that'd be kind of fun. So it, out of my normal genre, that's kind of where I'm trying to, to go. Cause a lot of the ego is the enemy. A lot of the personal development type books are, um, I started to notice that I kind of you know, was recognizing a lot of similarities and it wasn't necessarily, um, you know, motivating me in the same, I was, I was taking the same things away. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to start, um, diving into a couple different ends of, of what people had kind of coming out. But I'm big now on and, and what I'm kind of rec- starting to recommend to people. And a lot of people now at, at Friendship have, have started a book club and are doing kind of an old school classic book club. And what I think is actually a little bit more interesting or maybe has a little bit more potential these days, and specifically for kids or younger people, is like a podcast club. Because I think a book club, sometimes we say, hey, you're going to read the first half of the book and we're going to get together next week on it. You may or may not make that. Some people, I'm like, I'm a pretty, I'm a notoriously slow reader. And especially because I live in the vein of, I want it to kind of take, take my brain away. And then I want to spend some time writing. And then I might want to go implement that stuff right away. Like I might want to go and, um, you know, put something up on a blog post or I might want to go and put something out to my team and whatever that's going to be. Um, I feel like sometimes having that, that deadline hanging over you is tough. But if we say, hey, we're going to listen to an hour podcast, like you can get through that on commutes. Oh, yeah. And so um, so I think it's kind of a cool concept and one that I'm going to play with a little bit because I think it's uh, I think it's one that's going to be maybe a little bit more accomplishable. And I think it also takes to that aspect of, um, you know, what are you taking away from it? And how can we right. verbalize that? And then how does that pertain to us in our yeah. lives? And letting people just yeah. kind of speak on that stuff a little bit. And I think that has kind of some cool potential to it. Yeah, so. you got to talk about it. And then you remember it better. Yeah. And you figure out what's important from that. Because not every word is important from a podcast or a book. No, no. And, yeah. No, absolutely. And I mean, it's the same thing. Like, uh, you know, now I try to, you guys were, you guys were talking about before, like, who, who of your listeners is going to care to listen about it? It's like, well, we'll put some stuff in there. We'll say, if you guys want to listen about the football stuff listen to 20 minutes if you don't we'll listen to the later half right whatever it's going to be um but there can be something to be taken away from everybody um right. so i think that that's huge what are you guys listening to podcast wise anything new i'm listening so i love podcasts yeah. I, don't even, I don't even listen to music anymore yeah. i mean when i drive it's yeah, a podcast, podcast yeah. when i'm cooking podcasts yeah. when i'm 
you know, doing laundry or whatever podcasts, doesn't matter, mowing the yard podcasts. So I've got, I, I listen to Jocko Willinks every week. Um, Those are long, right? They're like three yeah, hours. Yeah, they can be, but I usually I cut off the last 20 minutes because just him and Echo, yeah. like, uh, doing their um, advertising, their advertising. <laughs> yeah. which, which can be very entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. But those are good. Uh, Focus 3, I rampage through all those this summer. Those are awesome. Those are really but, good. Um, yeah. Uh, and I listen, we have a, there's a USA football podcast that has all kinds of stuff, you know, football specific and leadership stuff. And I've listened, I listened to a ton of this guy named Jordan Peterson over the last, uh, summer. He's awesome. Um, we were talking about him earlier and, uh, I always listen to Justin Sua. He's got those quick hitter three minutes. Like I won't listen to those daily, supposed to be listening to daily. Usually when I get through my other podcasts, I'll listen to like a week worth of, yeah of that but anything yeah. and anything and everything and there's some history stuff I listen to every once in a while too but yeah it's just it's unbelievable how much stuff there is yeah out there yeah for yeah. sure yeah it was weird um it threw me <clears throat> really weird for a loop but Justin Sue is hanging out a lot of the games this year um Browns games no the CrossFit games oh yeah, yeah. yeah he's big into that yeah well, that's how I figured I found him on the Brute Strength podcast. Yeah, yeah. He so that's like who he's hanging he's out been on there twice now. He's hanging out with the Active Life guys and the yeah. Brute Strength guys, and they were there with some athletes. Um, and uh, and so like same thing. Like had a couple like just quick brief conversations with a super nice guy. Yeah. But like it's weird when you it's so weird when you listen to somebody's podcast all the time and then you like yeah. have a conversation yeah. with a person. He's just with like the Browns, yeah. the Red Sox. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, mean, I follow him on Instagram. He's one of the, he's one of the few. Yeah, it's cool to things. cool to see how well he's done. I mean, I think yeah. his, his story's just kind of cool. I mean, yeah. he's, he's said same thing. I, having done a podcast and stuff now, the, the discipline required to do a daily podcast, I don't care if they're six minutes, like with the editing and the time and all that stuff, like the, that is a huge piece of yeah. hit the success of his podcast and other podcasts too. Jocko, if he's doing long form every week, Tim Ferriss, if they're doing long form every week, like right. those two, three hours, I mean, it's right. that stuff. So we're, we're an hour and 12 in, right. Yeah. And he's doing three, four hour interviews. A lot of times I travels for, right. Then you're doing all the editing yeah. and all that stuff. Or he does like a book review yep. a week. So he has to have everything. Yeah. But the range, the range of people that you reach yeah. is probably so worth it. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 just become one of those things like I obviously have a huge respect for writing a book but I've never written a book and so it's like if you're if you're going to start working on that I'm sure immediately you have a huge respect right. for what it takes to actually publish right. a book yeah um, but yeah so that's uh that's uh, I mean it's it's so cool to see those guys that put out that daily content I feel like his is always pretty I mean, it's pretty high quality yeah it's good stuff sure. um, so that's a good one for sure Chris do you listen to anything uh you know I John got me really into the Focus 3 podcast uh, I had listened previously to a lot of Justin Sue. I still listen to the Ben Bergeron, yeah. um, Chasing Excellence one, and then um, the coach's coordinator, the USA Football one, yeah. um, because folk, uh, Brian Kite, he talks once a week. Um, he has like a weekly leadership um, touch base with Keith Grabowski, I think is how you pronounce his last name. But no, I between Jocko and, and Focus 3, I mean, yeah. I don't listen to as much – podcast probably is john um seeing that he it's not a competition no <laughs> absolutely not you can be whatever you need but uh i am glad that i i did pick up the focus three one because it's 
it's leadership based, but also there's it's it really bleeds into education too because yeah. that's a lot of their oh, yeah. the people yeah, that they business. work with. Yeah. yeah, that's who they first started with was business, and that above the line book. Yeah, is written by Urban Meyer, but yeah. it might as well be by Tim. Yeah, Kyle. yeah, so Focus All Three principles. Yeah. yeah, as soon as you start listening to that, I mean, I, I think I like the Focus Three podcast so well. They're such oppressive speakers. Yes, I mean it's unbelievable. And they're just kind of free forming. Yeah, they're just, that's what's mind blowing about it. Because I mean, they might they've taught they've probably talked about this stuff. Well. Brian Kite's been talking about it since he was born because his dad's been. Yeah, I don't even um, care about that though. It's still impressive. Yeah, I mean yeah. to be able to speak as well as they speak, as quickly as they speak, and they're yeah. saying stuff that I'll like rewind and I'll like say I'll save clips all the time because they say shit just in passing that is like unbelievably yeah. profound. You're yeah. like holy shit, like that's that's a fucking statement. Yeah, and I love when you get those like those little nuggets and I'll just write those down and um, yeah. that's that's something I think that those guys probably do better than than anybody is they'll they'll say you know yeah. it's like the focus three podcast is definitely the one that I listen to in the morning yeah like if there's because there's times where I'll, I'll put on a podcast but it's like I'm hearing it I'm not yeah. listening to it for sure Absolutely. and that's where I usually put in Jocko or like a Joe Rogan yeah I listen to Joe Rogan yeah, with Joe Rogan. Elon Musk yeah and I was just so blown away at Elon Musk's um just patience with listening. Yeah. And uh, I'm trying to be a better listener, but that, like, w- the amount of wait time yeah. that he, <laughs> and it, it, I was, I, it sounded like talks. Joe Rogan yeah. was, like, uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, yeah. are you going to say something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, was awesome to, to hear. Yeah, he's so, he's such an interesting guy. I watched a Netflix special um, on him. It's like two hours just kind of going through everything in his background. I mean, there's, you want to talk about a guy who just has like this comedic lack of a fear of failure. Like they always say like, you can just can't have a fear of failure if you're going to be successful. But this dude just like, it's almost like he just intentionally invites it. Like, yeah, I'll just put my whole company and my whole personal wealth on the line here to start yeah. this SpaceX. <laughs> He's like, what the hell are you doing, man? Uh, but yeah, it's uh, you know, and, but same time you start looking into his background. He's just super intelligent, and, you know, super educated. And just like you said, an excellent listener. Johnny, you said something earlier that I think was, was, I think it's awesome. I think it's the, the, one of the most important things that I've started to pay attention to is, is how many questions do I ask? And you had said you're working on being a better listener. I'm trying to work on being a better question asker. I think that's the big thing. You said, I try to ask a lot of questions about coaching football. That's probably why you're a great football coach. But I think that's the thing. It's the only way to gain knowledge. Right. Feedback. Yeah. Because, I mean, whether it's asking my players something, whether they actually understand something, or, like, I just want to know what they're thinking. Yeah. What is the best way to coach this so that they get it? Because it doesn't matter if I get it. Yeah. It matters if they get it. And then teaching the same thing, you know, I, I like, I've figured out that, you know, the content stuff is secondary. It's the relationships you build with the kids. If the, if the kid trusts you and likes you and wants to be in your class, they'll learn anything because they'll yeah. think, because they'll think what you're saying is important yeah. and they'll buy in and all that. And all that is, is just asking kids questions. Like when they walk in, Hey, what are you doing? Hey, what class did you come from? Like stuff that they think is meaningless and it yeah. is, but all I'm doing is, is just figuring out what's going on. Yeah. In, in their head. And yeah, gathering information about I've it. I've got a student teacher, and uh, there's a first-year teacher that I'm mentoring, and it's like, all I do is ask them questions. I, like, it could be an awesome lesson that I watch them do or the worst one I've ever seen, and all I say is, well, how'd that go? Yeah. And they tell you everything I was going to tell them. Yeah. Actually, they're usually more brutal on themselves yeah. than, than I um, want to be or whatever, and they just talk themselves into being a better teacher. And so yeah. I don't have to do anything. Just yeah. got to ask questions. All right, so we're going to start with Chris. All right, so Chris, upcoming Memorial Day weekend. 
Big day. All right, so tell us about Miss Potts, soon to be Mrs. Sansbury. Is she going to take your name? Uh, <laughs> we, I think that's assumed, okay. uh, but we haven't had that conversation so, yet. I'd love to be the person. This, this is my job as efficient of the wedding to yeah. make sure that you guys communicate appropriately about all things. Perfect. Can't wait for our... Uh, our our meetings. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna to really that. I'm gonna go to a couple of Catholic priests and talk about like because it's like notorious that you have to get blessed by like the church beforehand. And they just grill you. With you're gonna, yeah, you're gonna be counseling them. <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. Scenarios. What uh, happens when you do this? Right. Right. Uh, Emily is her name. She. Uh, we are getting married May 26, 2019. Jeff is gonna be the officiant, and John's gonna be the best man. So. Wow. One the two, two guys man, that are I'm going to be standing in between or right here, locked and loaded, ready to go. Love it. Um, yeah. But, uh, no, we're super excited about that. She has uh, two sisters who are younger, and uh, her dad comes to all the football games. He's all in. Usually you can find him on the sideline. Yeah. He's yeah. Uh, notorious for being able to get into <laughs> events. He was nice enough to come and talk to me, come off the sideline to talk to me for about five minutes, and then he was right back out there. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he's actually – he came to our last two-a-day and brought the entire team watermelon. Oh, nice. Yeah, so everyone knows Mr. Potts yeah. on the football team. Yeah. And then last week we uh, – there's a group of us that we call our Young Coaches Association. We we went over to his uh, their house, and uh, Nolan was home, and we just grilled out and had some beers and just kind of hung out together. So he's nice. he's awesome. Yeah. Um, really, really excited. And then Mrs. Potts, she's actually a elementary teacher in Old Tanger Local Schools yeah. at Glen Oak Elementary, okay. which is right down the road. Yeah. I believe that is close to Cash's uh, headquarters. Okay, okay. And... Uh, but uh, we've actually shared some of the same students. She's nice. a title reading teacher. Um, me being an intervention specialist, it kind of correlates. Yeah. Uh, but um, just love the family. Yeah, love super them. nice family. I was really impressed by them. And, um, you know, it's awesome, too. She has two other siblings, and you can kind of get the sibling vibe for sure. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's super, super excited about this upcoming May. Um, and we're really, really happy with everything that's kind of taking place and everything that's unfolded for our yeah. kind of journey. Yeah. So. Yeah, and uh, she's the oldest, right? Yeah. You're the youngest, so yeah. she's clearly going to be taking care of you. Yep, she has been okay. for, for a long time now, so, but yeah. Absolutely. And you guys just moved recently, right? Yeah. So we live just south of Lazelle on Morganton Road. Yep. It's literally a half a mile away from where we were. Nice. Um, I think we'll be there for a little bit of time. It's about... 14 minute drive at you know 5 15 a.m. to friendship. Yep. How uh, far to Orange? Oh man, it's probably 11 minutes. Okay. I just take Bale Canyon that's back, it's kind of hidden. Yeah. Um, and I go in the back way through Orange, Bale Canyon, and nice. uh, there's very limited traffic. Yeah. Um, especially, I mean, the times that I go, it's either super early in the morning or after football practice. So. Nice. And how long have you guys been together? What does she do for a living? So she works for L Brands, um, a company called Licenza. She works with raw materials. Um, she's been there for a couple of years. Um, we've been dating for about, since kind of like the regionals, yeah. you know, um, that time frame. And uh, we moved in together last August. I moved into her apartment, which was one bedroom apartment. That was really tight headquarters we yeah. found out a lot about each other yeah, yeah and during great. football season as well yeah um and then we just moved this past uh march 
uh, into a bigger, bigger spot. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's time's flying. Yeah. Time's it's awesome. Flying. Okay. It comes up quick for sure. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. All right, Johnny boy, tell me about Shelly. Okay. Shelly, Shelly Post, uh, is my girlfriend. She, let's see, we've been dating for about a little over two years now, but we dated about five years ago before and, um, took a break. Uh, broke up and now we're back together and so everybody and Chris Chris really put the pressure on here with getting engaged and yeah. uh, now everybody wants to know I don't know maybe should I just propose her right now yeah probably she'd sense. probably really like that yeah. I think yeah. I'm sure that would be the best <laughs> that's what she dreamed about I think <laughs> yeah from podcast but uh, uh, she moved in February and so uh, she's great too she's awesome She um, yeah she's really reworked the Sandsbury compound the house looks a little different than it used to <laughs> yeah. for sure uh, yeah Omar and Alex and the other many guys that have lived with me didn't recognize it the first time they yeah they came in after and she's still working on it it's a never ending process so yeah um, but no she's she's awesome she uh she understands me, and that's difficult to do. I yeah, know there's, really difficult. I know there's probably a lot of girls at CrossFit, at Friendship CrossFit, that are going, who in the hell would date this guy? <laughs> you know? and, uh, she's the one on planet Earth. And, yeah, I mean... Uh, uh, so I don't know why she does, though. But, I don't have many Shelly stories, but uh, the one day when we were getting... Uh, things were getting real chippy in softball, and she stuck through the whole game. <laughs> and... Uh, and she, she starts leaving, and as she's walking, she's not even turning. She's got, like, her hand in the air, and she's like, both teams should just be fucking ashamed of themselves. <laughs> like, you're just blah, 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 and she just starts going nuts. And uh, she starts, like, railing off this thing, and you just, like, said some John Sansbury thing, like, under your breath, and I go, man, it's nice to see that you guys have that. <laughs> I really like that. Yeah, I think it's just something like, just don't come then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was bad. She was right, but, yeah. Yeah. She likes when I said it, too. She's right, but... Uh, yep. She's uh, her dad's been a coach forever, and so she yeah. she gets that part of me, and uh, she likes she comes to the games like she'll go. It, it was raining yeah. last night, and she was at the first half of the game, and yeah. she comes to our playoff games when it's cold, and she just likes it, and so yeah. that's that's kind of cool too. And uh, she, you know, she's like I said, I can't can't say enough good things about. Her. I hope she listens to this so she can hear this, but yeah. <laughs> one of the most just selfless, caring people I know, and. That's probably why she can put up with me. Yeah, yeah, and, for sure. Uh, yeah, she's but, pretty straightforward. I mean, she's pretty dialed in. She's yeah, like she and she works at. Uh, she's a director of operations for Pint Room. Oh, yeah. So the Pint Room and the Half Pint too. Half, yeah, it's all the same nice, company. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. there's a Pint we Room. We went to the Half Pint the other day. What doing in Marysville or downtown? No, downtown. Yeah, so there's a Half Pint downtown. Yeah. Right by uh, Nationwide. There's yeah, a Half Pint in Worthington. There's a Half Pint in Marysville. There's the Pint Room in Dublin. Yeah. And then there's a Pint Room in. Uh, Carmel, Indiana, and one out in Colorado. So I'm very well versed in all the nice. what's going on. So she's all over the place, hiring managers and training them and dealing with people. And she's got all kinds of great stories. And uh, so she's busy too. Uh, yeah, the restaurant yeah. biz yeah. not easy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's awesome. I love it. Yeah. Um, what about who? You who are you dating? Who well, Maria has been noisy at the best, and uh, you know, it's for those who don't know. Um, Maria and I were at a point in our relationship where, um, we needed some, some big brother types to really come in and take, take handle of some of Maria's, uh, quirks. We'll call them attitude problems. Right. And, uh, and that was, uh, honestly, I think 
the best thing that ever happened to Maria was uh, was a year worth of training with the big guy over here, John. <laughs> John um, yeah, she uh, she changed as a person, um, pretty much all for the better in terms of just her own uh, her own development. Really, I think honestly, the biggest thing was. Um, was learning to take criticism and becoming more self-aware and you know it's uh it's not easy but um yeah she definitely got a deep love for both of you guys because of that year specifically and i think also i don't know if she all the way acknowledges that that was what you guys gave to her um but it's uh but it's one of those things where it's like um you know she's a she's a, a totally different and better person from from that year worth of training so um so i always look back on that year you know super fondly and that was the big thing you know when we when we went through that year that i talked about all the time is um yeah i wouldn't i I just i love getting to spend that much time with you guys um getting to spend that much time with a bunch of people who i who i really cared about so um and i think that's what was cool about our team specifically comparatively to the other teams that we competed against is i just don't think that they were they were really friends. I don't think that they were as close. And I don't think that they probably did as much for each other as, as we did. And that was kind of the cool part about being kind of homegrown. So, Yeah, that was that was uh, a lot of lessons learned. Yeah. You know, and and what commitment really was. And I, and I feel like, you know, there's a reason why you're going to be my officiant and you're going to be my best man. I feel like you guys are truth tellers, you know, with regards to that year. And uh, I don't think Maria was the only one that learned a lot of lessons. You know, in that yep. year, I think a lot of us did, if not all, um, with regards to that. That was such a fun, fun experience. Um, I'll remember that forever. Yeah, forever. Yeah, it's the uh, now we just uh, in our retirement we have to rival Cash, Phil, and Kit, and uh, the old uh, twenty thirteen infamous, famous regional team. Um, so uh, they're always uh, they're always talking their shit. So we'll see how, how retirement continues to treat all of us. But um, but you know, I mean, you guys are still. I mean, you guys, like you said, you still work out pretty consistently throughout the day. Um, still, you know, doing the grinding stuff. I feel like for Chris, at least with the sled pushes, and he's always kind of telling me about. 20-minute bodyweight grinders and walking lunge marathons that he likes to do. Yeah. Uh, John's talking about CrossFit Liberty being kind of functional bodybuilding. Well, at Orange, it's just kind of like, hey, we got 45 minutes. Let's go push a sled for 20 and do, yeah. you know, 15 minutes of EMOMs and yeah. call it a day. Yeah. Push-ups and sled pushes. Yeah. So, Can't do enough of those. Um, all right. Well, I love it. Let's watch uh, the end of our football games. Appreciate you guys coming on. And, uh, yeah, if you guys need anything, you know where to find them. Friday night, 7 p.m. <laughs> That's right. One sideline. Oh, man. Find one on each. All right. Well, uh, do we have a spread? No spread. Okay. I think that's illegal or something for us to even. I'm gonna. Talk I'll about Cash that. will give you us a spread. Make, yeah, Cash yeah. and Bobby or somebody yeah, will make. Cash them. will give us a spread. So. Yeah. I think Bobby's required to be on the Liberty sideline. I feel like. <laughs> yeah. He's uh, been. He's been in some games. Yeah. yeah he's big. He's. A Dylan big, is a big Liberty fan. Yeah. Dylan is. That, that's really what I care about. I don't really care about Bobby, but yep. um, Bobby's like. <laughs> Bobby's a professional photographer. I don't know if you guys realize this. He's yep. got a fancy With, yep. camera. Oh, I thought he was just taking that as an iPhone. No, I think uh, he's got a legit camera. Oh wow! Like, yeah, he's that guy. We, okay. we gotta get yeah. we gotta get cash going a little bit. You know, he yeah. he's talking about he has all he has everything to say about everything. Yep. 
And he's finally got some orange gear. You know, Jackson's getting a little older now. Yeah, you move into the neighborhood, and Jackson. We got to get him going a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, get his uh, get his pride going for school levies. Yes. Start getting right. his taxes going where they he's need to go. Board here in no time. Yeah, I want him to be a full booster of the program. By <laughs> the end of the he program. should be on the board making choices for the for the program. Well, he, we know. Place. Yeah, you guys better be ready to be head coach and assistant coach if he's on the board of anything. because yeah. <laughs> he's, he's got one promotion that he's not going to. Let go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, well, John, you boys are in a dog fight here. We're watching the Notre Dame game. Right yeah, now. that's why I don't get my hopes up. Oh, boy. 